Hello and welcome into the Lockdown Wolves podcast. We are live on the postcast following the Timberwolves win over the Sacramento Kings. Marty Gellner of Valley Sports North joins the show to break down the game. The Locked On Wolves postcast starts right now. You are Locked On Wolves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm joined by Marnie Gellner from Valley Sports North. We're going to talk about the Timberwolves win over the Sacramento Kings. And Marnie, this was another impressive win for the Wolves, another well-balanced performance overall. Uh, the defense was the key, of course, the last couple of wins, the Clippers game, the Lakers game. But this game was more about the Wolves just going toe-to-toe with the league's number one scoring offense in the Sacramento Kings and ultimately just straight up outscoring them in this game. Man, it was impressive. This team is really turning things around in a big hurry. I cannot believe where we were last Sunday when the Wolves lost to Golden State and it just felt, it felt low, it felt gloomy, it felt like, oh, this thing is slipping away. And then bang, 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 wins over the Clippers, Lakers, and Kings. And a the Kings had come in with five straight wins. They left the All-Star break going 5-0 and until this game tonight. And you could just feel it, too. The momentum changes in the fourth quarter. Kings started rolling the crowds behind them, and you, you, the Wolves didn't fold. I mean, they held their own, and this was a really impressive win by the Timberwolves. Yeah, uh, as you mentioned, the Wolves were up. They were up. The Timberwolves were up 17 points midway through the third quarter, with about uh, 5:40 to play in the third. The Kings went on a 23 to nine run to close the third. The Wolves were only up by three going to the fourth quarter. And then the Wolves just kind of did in the fourth what they did to initially build that lead, which was at least harass Aaron Fox and the Kings defensively, you know, at least make them work for their points. Yes, the Kings scored a bunch of points, but again, they had the league's number one offensive rating coming into the game, their top 10 three-point shooting team in terms of attempts and percentage. Um, but the Timberwolves themselves just kept at it. They had a couple of, during a big run in the fourth, the Wolves did something they don't normally do. They had a couple of offensive rebound putback dunks themselves. McDaniels had one, Gobert had one. Uh, they were just really active, getting their own second chance opportunities, um, you know, pushing the pace, just just doing a lot of really um, I, I, just being aggressive all the time, executing their offense, things that we haven't seen them do consistently on both ends of the floor. And again, they gave up, you know, whatever they 134 points. Minnesota just kept coming right back at the King and the Kings aren't a good defensive team either. Um, but that hasn't necessarily meant that the Wolves always have success offensively themselves this season. And uh, I just was impressed with the way that they kept coming, kept coming, kept coming in a hostile environment against the team, as you said, was on a roll, um, you know, since the all-star break and just, you know, down the stretch played extremely well. Yeah. Really a, a good sign of a team that is learning and keeping composure and growing. How about the three ball tonight? 20 made three pointers, just the fourth game this of the season where the wolves have made at least 20 threes. And they were, I mean, it was every quarter. They, they just were hot. And this is not a team that we look at as saying it's a good three point shooting team, but 20 of, 39 for uh, 51%. I mean, whew, that is a good night. Every player who played, there were nine Wolves who played in this game. Every single one of them hit at least one three-pointer, except for Rudy Gobert, 
which is probably exactly the way it should be. But that is not something that the Wolves can typically lean on. And tonight, just from start to finish in this game, that three ball was on. Yeah, as you said, they made 23s. They were 20 of 39, so 51.3% from three for the Wolves. Uh, They shot 60% overall from the floor. And this is a team, of course, the Wolves' defense has been more consistent, even not just the last few games, but year-long. The offense has not been as consistent as the defense for the Wolves. And uh, shooting 60% from the floor, over 50% from three, they scored at least 31 points in each quarter. Um, And it was also a balanced attack. Like you said, everybody but Rudy made a three-pointer in this game. Ant led the team with 27 points, but we saw Mike Conley score 24 points, his, his biggest scoring night as a Wolves player. He hit four threes in this game. Um, they got actually Gobert was the fifth leading scorer among the five starters. I mean, it was completely well balanced. Um, of the nine Timberwolves players that saw action in this game, seven of them scored in double figures. And uh, like it, it was just, again, against a bad defensive team. But the Wolves just kept coming. They kept coming. They kept coming. They got to the free throw line 31 times. Uh, they struggled a little bit making free throws. Uh, the shooting 71% at the line. But again, it was the aggressiveness getting into the paint, and it really opened up their ability to, to get some open threes as well. Um, they had four of the five starters each made two or more threes in this game. Um, and we should talk about Anthony Edwards, I guess. We've probably gone too long without talking about just how impressive the close to the game was for him. Uh, he down the stretch in this game, I mean, again, hostile environment, the Kings themselves kept coming at the Wolves, and Ant hits that big and one shot in the paint. A couple possessions later, after a turnover, a couple possessions later, he hits the pull-up from the free-throw line, Um, and right before that, he had grabbed a huge defensive rebound. In fact, two of his three defensive rebounds on the night were in the final minute of this game to basically Mm. seal it, and then he scores those last five points for the Wolves as well. Just a really strong finish to the game for Ant. And I don't know how he made that and one. It looked like he hung in the air for as long as he humanly possibly could and shot the ball at the last second before his toes came in contact with the court again. I mean, it was a really impressive shot and a really impressive finish. And when I was kind of tallying up my final notes for the game, I was in my head thinking, wow, Ant had a nice fourth quarter of like, maybe nine, 10 points. And I looked and it was just the five, but it was the way that he, that he closed it, that, and he was part of so much of the action and passing the ball and that it just felt like he had a really prolific fourth quarter. And in reality, he had five points total in the quarter, but they were five such significant points and they were right at the very end that it made it feel like more. And that's not to take anything away. That's more just saying like how prominent those baskets were that Anthony Edwards made. And it was just like just another one of those across the board, really nice kind of filling the stat sheet in every little area games for Anthony Edwards. Yeah. And he had an assist in this game, which, which is obviously great, but it's kind of the nature of how teams are defending him that he's not every night going to get seven, eight assists, but he's going to get a lot of those hockey assists, right? The pass to the pass that leads to the score because teams are trying to trap him. They're blitzing him on the perimeter, really wherever he is. It's how teams defend Luka Doncic and James Harden and guys like that. That's how teams are defending Anthony Edwards. And part of that's because there's no D'Angelo Russell. And so there's one less, you know, no Carl Anthony Towns, obviously. I think when Towns comes back, that's going to be a lot harder for teams to do that, um, which that's another conversation. But I think it's it'll be really intriguing to see how teams handle that. Um, but that's why, you know, Ant's on the floor with another really good three-point shooter. 
is so dangerous, and it's what opened up all these open shots in this game for the Wolves. I mean, McDaniels and Anderson each made three threes. Conley made four. Uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, we'll talk about him in a minute, hit four off the bench. But because teams are blitzing Ant, he's it's the pass to the pass that leads to the score in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Anthony, uh, excuse me, Kyle Anderson had nine assists. Alexander Walker had five assists. Um, you know, I'd be willing to bet that a handful of those were off of passes from Ant because he was being trapped on the perimeter. So I thought that was all really impressive from Ant. Uh, let's talk about our title sponsors of tonight's show. That's our friends at FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Of course, a big weekend of sports still ahead. We're only halfway through. Timberwolves play on Tuesday night against Philadelphia. So go ahead and check out that line. Player props and more. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Uh, Marty, we should talk about Nikhil Alexander-Walker. He led the Timberwolves bench with 24 minutes. Um, We talked about him a little bit last night after the Wolves win over the Lakers um, and just how impressive he's been on both ends of the floor. Kind of a revelation offensively and you know maybe as expected defensively. That was kind of the MO was he was a strong defender and consistent offensive player. But he had 16 points, five assists, three rebounds in this game. Uh, Eight of his nine shot attempts were threes, and he made four of them. He also got to the line five times. Just a really well-rounded performance from Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I thought so, too. And I've been also just impressed with his defense and playmaking. Sometimes it's the pass. Sometimes it's the drive and the kick. And just his his, um, sort of just basketball sense, he sort of is that guy that has a, just a natural good feel for the game and whether these have just been really good matchups for him over the last, was it now five games that he's played significant minutes for the Timberwolves. And it's so far so good. I mean, actually exceeded the expectations that I had, which were not super high because honestly, I was like most Timberwolves fans. You're so focused on the Mike Conley piece because that's a player you're familiar with and that's someone who has accomplishments and that's a stat sheet that you can read and and look at what you're going to get in exchange for D'Angelo Russell. Well, here's this Nikhil Alexander-Walker piece that is uh, turning out to have a lot of value so far. I just love the... There were a couple passes. One of them was, who was it? Somebody was on the baseline right in front of the Timberwolves bench. And Naw, as we've started to call him, uh, just slung it out, like kind of threw his arm across his body and just slung a rifle to pass. Just the court vision and the awareness and the ability athletically to get that pass out there. Just little things like that are starting to really stand out. But he's truly been a valuable member off the Timberwolves bench for the last handful of games. Yeah, and the the basketball IQ piece that you mentioned is is intriguing to me because I knew he was long and athletic and, and a, a solid defender. Um, but I kind of in the back of my mind was like, all right, well, he, you know, part of the issue last year with the jazz in the playoffs was the perimeter defense wasn't good. And they had acquired him mid season. The jazz did last year to try and shore that up. And, and obviously one guy can't get, you know, cover all of those sins with the jazz perimeter defense last year. But I just, you know, I, 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 w- I thought he was just an okay defender, but I've been really, really impressed. And offensively the basketball IQ, I feel like he's a quick decision maker. Like, um, 
he, there's not a whole lot of hesitation to his game and he he plays hard. We talked about this after one of the, it was one of the first couple games he played in a Wolves uniform where he fell down, thought he got fouled, but he got up and ran down the floor, beat the other player that had fallen down on the opponent down the floor by, you know, a couple seconds. Like just that kind of, it sounds kind of goofy, but the ability to just play hard all the time and play smart all the time. That's what we've seen so far. And and that's something that frankly, the wolves have been lacking, um, you know, at least consistently over the past couple of years, really. Uh, so I was, I, I thought all that came through in this game. Uh, Mike Conley, we mentioned him, but 24 points on 12 shots in this game, easily his best offensive game as a member of the wolves added three rebounds, three assists and zero turnovers. Um, tied for a team high plus minus with plus 17 a very very well-rounded Mike Conley game hit a couple of big shots and he's another player that always plays hard always makes the right right pass right play uh, takes care of the basketball does all the little things all everything the Wolves expected to get out of Mike Conley they got that plus a little bit of extra scoring in this game yeah this was a really solid Conley game the season high 24 points I think is is uh, high even with the Jazz this season had been 20. So maybe he's unlocking a little something or finding an extra gear in the final six weeks or so of the season. It was um, it was when the Wolves needed it, too, because they, I mean, second night of a back-to-back against a team that's closing pretty hard. There's really good sort of game management, staying under control. Maybe some of this distribution, you know how we've talked about the Timberwolves just having such a good all-around game and so many contributions from different players. It wasn't just tonight in Sacramento. It was also the game before against the Lakers. And it was also the game before that against the Clippers. And I wonder how much of that we should attribute to Mike Conley, just sort of being conscious of who needs the basketball, when they need it, and where they need it, that these really good sort of um, evened out performances across the board have happened now consistently for the Timberwolves over the last three games. So the 24 points, awesome, love it, needed it tonight. But that piece of just game management and sort of keeping everybody involved and at the right times also just such a big, big characteristic for Mike Conley. Yeah, there's just been this sense of calm about the team the last few games. Um, even, I mean, the, the Warriors game, they, sh- they really should have won on Sunday. Like, it never really has felt in a hostile environment these last four games on the road. Um you know, something that uh, they talked about on the Valley Sports North broadcast that uh, Jim and Michael talked about is that the Wolves had never won consecutive games, the Clippers, Lakers consecutive games in L.A. And they did that with a couple off days in between. Like it just kind of the sense of professionalism and calm that we haven't seen out of the Wolves, certainly this season. Um, and there seems to be that now. And, and, and kind of this the national perspective of the Wolves is, oh, they're this young team. But that's because, you know, two of their best three players are, are Anthony Edwards and Jaden McDaniels, which are the best four players are, are McDaniels and Edwards who are extremely young. Um, but you look at the rest of the guys who are closing these games, Kyle Anderson, Mike Conley, uh, you know, Torian Prince, uh, Rudy Gobert, guys who have a lot more experience and have been there, done that, you know, in most cases in the playoffs and in big regular season games. And there does just seem to be this level headedness and I think Conley is certainly a big part of that, but but I I think throughout this road trip in difficult environments, the Wolves have shown that. Agreed. Agreed. And I don't know exactly where we shower the praise for that, but man, to be able to come home and play the 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets, and then it's back on the road starting with Atlanta, but to, to just be able to come back to Target Center after this four-game trip with this kind of momentum, which looked really grim, 
out of the All-Star break with a loss to Charlotte and then the loss at Golden State when this road trip started. Oof. I mean, man, things turn quickly. The Wolves are, what, seventh? They came in seventh, and they gained another half game on Dallas. But really, Dallas still is listed in that sixth spot, even though they have one less one less win but also one less loss. Yep. It's. I mean, I, I don't even want to try to figure out how the standings go right now because they're going to change tomorrow yeah. anyway. Yeah, the, weirdly, of the, of all the games on Saturday, this was the only game that had any impact on the Western Conference yep. standings. The only right. other West game was Houston and San Antonio. It's really weird. Um, so the Wolves are in a really, yeah, a virtual tie with Dallas. They played two more games, they, and they're one and one in those two. But the Wolves also have the tiebreaker over the map. So we can call it a virtual tie in, in sixth place uh, in the West between sixth and seventh for Dallas and Minnesota. And now, of course, Golden State has surged. So the Wolves are one back of Golden State in Phoenix, of course, now is Kevin Durant. So they're two up on the Wolves. Uh, but what matters is that the Wolves have won three straight and they now have a chance at, you know, worst case scenario, they, they split the season series of Sacramento just in case that ends up mattering. So we talked about this the other day and I, I spent some time on it on Locked Out Wolves this week is the Wolves are in a pretty good spot in terms of tiebreakers in the West. They own some important ones, the Clippers and the Mavs. Um, they have a chance at splitting some other ones and uh, they haven't really, they haven't lost any tiebreakers yet that should matter in the West. So um, that's something that, with how congested it is, is really going to matter. As you mentioned, next up, the Wolves have Philadelphia on Tuesday night. Um, we'll, of course, go live after that game as well, as we do after uh, the majority of Timberwolves games, about 45 minutes or so after the game. We go live on the Locked on Wolves, or excuse me, the Locked on Minnesota YouTube channel. You can also listen to the audio if you can't catch it live on the Locked on Wolves audio feed, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, a big thank you for listening to the show. A big thank you for watching here tonight, and we will catch you next time.